there is a, a trend in modern Christianity, which is a specific understanding of what Christianity is and how salvation works. That's not, it's not in the Bible. It's not Christianity. It's not scriptural. It's not what the church teaches, but it's becoming the most popular understanding among Christians. And it's what you call morality. This is kind of what morality teaches. It teaches that um, salvation depends upon you being a good person and doing enough good stuff. And then once you die, if you're good enough, then God will let you into heaven. If you're not good enough, you'll go to hell. And then you spend the rest of eternity uh, in heaven with God. If as I'm saying that, that feels a little bit like, um, I thought that was just uh, the way things go. Uh, it's really important that you listen up, okay? So again, that vision is called, it's called moralism. And moralism, I may have said morality the first time, it's called moralism. And again, it's focused on me and what I do. And in some ways, God is kind of a secondary player in it. It's like, yeah, God might let me into heaven and he might not, but it really is dependent upon me. So that's not really, it's not really the truth. That's not Christianity. What's Christianity? Christianity teaches that everything comes from God. You exist because God brought you into life. In the story of creation, it says that, that God breathed into the man's nostrils and gave him life, which means somehow our life and our existence depends on God's life inside of us. Okay, so then what is sin? Sin isn't just breaking the rules. Sin is the way in which I reject the life of God in me. And I say, no, I don't want God to be in me. I want to do it my own way. I reject God and his spirit, his life in me. You and I have the power to drive the presence of God away from us, to, to forbid his presence and his activity in our lives. We call that sin. So what happens when you drive life away from you? Well, you die. So the brokenness of the world and even death is a consequence of the loss of the presence of God. God is our life. We need him inside of us. So then what must salvation be? Do you see? It's allowing God to come back and unite himself to me and fill me with his own life. So salvation isn't me doing enough good stuff so that I get to go to, to cloud town someday. No, salvation is allowing God to rescue me, to give me his life, and to live inside of me so that I don't die an eternal death because of the ways in which I've driven him out. Salvation is also God's job. It means it's something that he's doing more than I'm doing. You and me, we respond to what God is doing, but salvation belongs to God. He is the one who saves. So salvation is God's work, and again, it's his uniting himself back to us and us back to him. We need God. You can't live without God. Without God, you die. Now, in the scriptures here, it's clear that we're talking about two different forms of death. And that's why it's kind of confusing when, when you hear some of these things. It, it sounds like you're talking almost in a circular way, unless we're talking about life and death on two different levels. So Jesus says this to Martha and Mary, or to Martha. He says, whoever believes in me, even if he dies, will live. Okay, so that sounds strange, right? Whoever believes in me, even if he dies, he'll live. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Okay, so again, we're talking about life and death on two different planes. So there's physical death. That's what we're most, um, yeah, maybe aware of. 
It's very... You are all alive, right? You all know people that have died. They're not here anymore. So physical death is very real, and it is in some way a consequence of sin. But there's also a worse death, which is spiritual death. That's total loss of friendship with God. It's possible to be physically alive and spiritually dead. What is it called when you totally separate yourself from the life of God, when you make yourself spiritually dead? We have a term for that that's becoming kind of old-fashioned. People don't like to use it anymore, even though it's very real. It's called mortal sin. What is mortal sin? What does the word mortal mean? It means deadly, right? If somebody's mortal, then it means they're going to die. Mortal sin is a deadly sin. Here's just a, a quick um, catechism update for everybody. What does it mean if something's a mortal sin? There's a lot of confusion around this. For something to be a mortal sin, there's three conditions that have to be met. It means you have to do something or fail to do something that's grave, meaning it's very, very serious. I would argue you, can't steal, you cannot commit a mortal sin stealing a stick of gum, okay? Please don't go ransack the town for gum. <laughs> there's no gum on the shelves? I'm coming after you people, okay? No, so for something to be a mortal sin, it has to be grave, meaning the content has to be something really serious. So we don't have a list of that. We kind of want a list. There's no list. We find the list at least present in the Ten Commandments. Those are all serious things. So a grave sin is something serious. But just because you do something serious and something wrong, that doesn't mean it's a mortal sin because there's two more requirements for it to be a mortal sin. Okay, it has to be something grave. But also you have to know that it's wrong. Because sin is a question of, of, of relationality. It has to do with my conscience. See, animals can't commit mortal sins. They don't, they don't sin at all. Even if, God forbid, you know, a mountain lion were to attack and kill a child, that wouldn't be a sin because it's, there's, no, there's no human free will involved. So to be a mortal sin, it has to be a grave thing. I have to know what's wrong. I have to be aware of it. And I have to freely consent to it, meaning I just choose to do it. I could not do it or I could do it and I choose to do it. See, what it is, it's, it's, it's just this recognition of, of, like, I know that this is really bad, and I just don't care. See, it's just a rejection of the good, which is a rejection of God. So mortal sin totally cuts us off from the spiritual life of God. Again, just to be very clear and to be very, in some ways, gentle about this, an addiction, if an addiction is an actual addiction, it probably can't be a mortal sin. Because Why? Because you're not free. You can't freely choose to do it or not do it. So again, for something to be a mortal sin, you have to be able to freely choose to do it or, or to not do it. But again, that's what a mortal sin is. It cuts us off from the life of God. So I can be physically alive but spiritually dead. Now what do you do if you've become spiritually dead? The good news is like, oh, there's tons of hope. Because God's mercy endures forever. You can always come home. You can always come back. You can always go to confession. Right? We believe that once we have committed a mortal sin, before we commune with God again in the Eucharist, it's important that we re reconcile with him in confession. Right? It's not appropriate to receive Jesus' body and blood to commune with him on this deep, physical, intimate level if we're not okay with him spiritually. So we repent. We turn back to God. Even before you go to confession, you can just repent to God. You can say, God, I'm really sorry. Right? And God is always eager to forgive, to bring us back home. Okay, that's a little bit of a tangent. So, we're talking about life and death on two different levels. Sin brings a spiritual death. It also brings, in some ways, this physical chaos and physical destruction into the world.
So what's God's job in salvation? It's to give us life again. But the life that we once had, we've lost. And so we need a new life in our, in our souls. And where do we get that life from? We get that from Jesus. So salvation isn't just not getting sent to hell. It's allowing Jesus Christ to come and live his life in me, to give me his life. So that's why Jesus can say, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, even if he dies, he'll live. What does it mean to really believe in Jesus? That means to let him come live his life in me. If Jesus is alive in you, the day that you physically die, your soul will live. Jesus is our life. He is our resurrection. And so he says, even if you die, even if you physically die, death will not be the end for you. No, because my life will be in you. So the question is whether I'm going to heaven. And what is heaven? Heaven isn't just cloud town, even though that's kind of how we, we imagine it. You know what I'm talking about, cloud town? It's always partly cloudy. There's gates on the outside. A lot of harp music. Who doesn't love harp music? Man, it's going to be a rocking good time in cloud town. Vroom. Yeah! Favorite song. Vroom. Okay. Right. What is heaven? Heaven is infinite. Heaven is being totally bound up into the life of God, receiving all of his gift and love and intimacy and joy all the time and giving myself totally to him, just totally infused with all things uh, lively and good and joyful and peaceful. So that's what heaven is. It's communion with a person. It's, it's with God. But we also believe that our souls, yeah, in communion with God, we pray that when we die, that that's where we go. But that's not the end of the story. This is another part of Christianity that a lot of Christians are forgetting about. Because every Mass, we say that we believe in the resurrection of the body. What does that mean? It means one day Jesus is going to come back to establish his kingdom definitively on earth. The scripture says there will be a new heaven and a new earth, and the dead will be raised. And our mortal bodies will be given life. And not just any life, but the life of Jesus Christ. And we will live with him and in communion with him forever. If we have died with him, this is the question of salvation. If I have died in union with Jesus, in communion with him, then I'm saved. And one day he will raise me up and give life to my body and he will give me a share in his own glorious body, his glorified body, and we will live with him forever. When Jesus is talking to Martha, he says that Lazarus will be raised. And she says, I know he'll be raised in the resurrection on the last day. So she already believes in the resurrection. And what does Jesus say? He says, I, I am the resurrection. Like, I am eternal life. I am here. I am him. I am life itself. I am the life of God come to save you, come to unite myself to you. So Jesus is going to raise him by the power of God in him. But this isn't the resurrection. This is just a resuscitation. Lazarus is alive again, but he's, he's dead now, right? He's not still walking around with us. But there will come a day when the resurrection present in us will raise us up to new life. So that's what St. Paul is talking about. St. Paul is confusing, but oftentimes he's confusing because we don't know Christianity yet, and he's deep in it, and we're still trying to figure it out a little bit. So St. Paul says this, um, if Christ is in you, Although the body is dead because of sin, meaning our bodies will decay and die because that's a consequence of sin. 
But if Christ is in you, the Spirit is alive because of righteousness. It's like Jesus and his Spirit is alive in you. Your body's going to die, but your Spirit is not because Jesus is alive. And if the Spirit of the one who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, the one who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies also through his Spirit dwelling in you. Okay, let's walk through that last bit once more time. If the Spirit of the one who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, who raised Jesus from the dead? The Father did. The Father is the one who gives life. And his life and his love for his Son is so powerful that he raised him from the dead by the power of his Spirit. Remember, the love between God the Father and God the Son is so real that it has a name. What is its name? It's the Holy Spirit. So the Father, in his love, which is the Spirit, raises his Son from the dead. And so if that Spirit dwells in you, which it does, you have become a temple of the Holy Spirit, then the one who raised Christ from the dead, who's the Father, will give life to your mortal bodies also. The promise of St. Paul is, if you belong to Jesus, one day God the Father will look upon you with immense love, and he will let all the life and the love of his heart and, and self pour out of him into you, and he will raise you from the dead. And he will raise you to a new life, beyond anything that we can hope for or ask for or imagine. And you will be alive in him in glory for all eternity. Which also means that those you love who died in Christ will be alive in him, glorious for all eternity, which is good news. Amen? Because you miss them. And you want to be with them again. And you want to hear their voice and hear their laughter and see their face and give them a hug. The part of our heart that says, that says no in the face of death, they're like, no, this can't be it. Something's wrong. That part of your heart is, is right. It's not supposed to be like this. But also, God has come to deal with it. He's come to save us. He's come to take care of us. So if you want to be saved, which I hope you do, I hope you're not just here because you're bored. <laughs> if you want to be saved, how do you get saved? You let Jesus take your, you to himself and unite you to him. And then he's going to hold you so close that no matter what happens, he's going to hold you and be with you and in you. And the day that you die, he will still be alive in you. And you won't really die. Your body will, but you will not. What makes you, you will live. And one day the Father will look upon you and Jesus with a look of love and raise you from the dead. So now is the time where we become united with Christ. After death is the time when we pray our, our souls live in communion and, and joy and peace and love and beauty with God. And then one day the resurrection will come and the resurrection has a name and its name is Jesus. And he will give life to our mortal bodies and raise us up to a glorified life that lasts forever. I'd like you to just ask Jesus to save you. Say, Jesus, I need you to save me. I'm going to die. Please save me. Please raise me up. And maybe imagine him saying to you, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever lives and believes in me, even if he dies, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Let's ask Jesus to save us.